Hello and welcome to Re-Strategize, Ghana's number one strategy podcast, where we break down the myths about strategy and provide you with practical tips to grow and sustain your business. And now your host, Kojo Kedem. Hi there, my name is Kojo Kedem and once again I bring you another episode of your favorite Ghanaian strategy podcast. I'm very excited and I'm super overwhelmed by the feedback I've received from you guys regarding last week's episode of this podcast. And to be honest, you guys are the best. I don't know, but you guys are simply awesome. Um, I've had questions, I've had suggestions, I've had some specific feedback about how some of you are applying some of the things I talk about. Particularly, I've had some questions from you guys regarding some of the things I talked about last week and I have attempted to answer most of these questions. Those ones that I have been unable to answer, I did that deliberately because most of those things I will be talking about in this episode of the podcast and I'm hoping that once you listen to this podcast you should be able to have answers to those questions and hopefully hopefully some of the things I talk about would help you correct some of the problems the challenges that you're facing with your respective businesses so we started a new series titled designing custom center strategies in our last episode and we kicked off that new series with a topic that for me is quite central to the strategy design process uh, which i call problem identification i let you guys in on why problem identification is very important in the strategy design process and why it is even more important to engage your customers and consumers and carry them along throughout the entire problem identification process this is because the customers are the stakeholders of the business that actually interact with the product and the service and the value offering that you provide through your business this therefore makes them the best people to actually give you feedback on the products and some of the pain points that are inherent in the ability to enjoy the product and to get maximum utility out of the product or the service that you are providing. I also talked about primary market research and why it is important to every problem identification process. I provided some practical steps to take when conducting primary market research. So in this episode, I will conclude my discussions on primary market research by looking at what business owners and strategists like yourself must do once you are ready to go to the field to conduct your primary market research. So today, I'll be letting you into some tools and some approaches that have worked for me over the years. And also, I'll conclude by helping you with some approaches that you can use to analyze and make meaning out of the information that you gather from your primary market research. In the last episode, I spoke about why it was very important for you to have a primary assumption or what we call a hypothesis statement before you go into the field to actually collect your data. 
and I spoke extensively really I gave you some of the reasons why it was important and I used the Anglo Ashanti water treatment project that I worked on as an example of why it was important especially coming from a place where both myself and the entire project team did not have any prior experience working with either an extractive company or a company within the extractive industry so having that underlying assumption gave us the direction that we needed to take the primary market research in order to get the kind of information that would be relevant for what we were trying to do. Now once that is done, you are now ready to go into the field to collect your data. I got a question from one of my listeners and the question was that how do you go into the field to collect data? and what tools should you use whilst you're on the field in order to get the kind of data that you want. Now to answer this question, I'll first have to tell you that no particular tool is better than another in collecting the kind of information that you need for your market research. Now the simple reason is that the kind of information you need for a particular project might differ from another and therefore the kind of tool you use for one project would obviously be different from the other. So it is important that you keep that in mind. Sometimes you might be forced to use a whole range of tools, sometimes you just need just one approach or one tool and other times you need to combine a couple in order to get the kind of information that you need but there is no particular one that is as better. Now, so once you get onto the field to do your primary market research, you must understand that you can conduct that in a few different ways, using a few different methods. Over the years, I've sometimes had to use surveys or questionnaires, either through online or by post to the people that we need to talk to depending on where they are in the world. Also, sometimes I've had to use focus group discussions where we kind of sample a cross range of people we suspect to be within the niche or the market segment that are likely to patronize the goods or the service that my client or the company I'm representing wants to put into the market. Also, we sometimes use interviews like face-to-face interviews where we talk to individuals directly or we could talk to them in groups. So all those approaches are available. Sometimes you just make telephone calls really and just ask a few questions. So these are the range of tools that we use but these tools collectively or individually come together to determine the kind of approach that you use in doing your primary market research. So the approaches that are available to you in conducting your primary market research could either be qualitative or quantitative in nature. These approaches themselves have various tools on them and I've spoken about some of the tools. But the question now remains, when do you decide to prioritize one approach over the other? Or when do you decide to choose a particular tool over another? Now the answer is simple. Normally I would use quantitative approaches when there is already some amount of work that has been done in that industry so perhaps I've done something related to that topic before for another 
industry or for another company within the industry so i would likely have to just use a quantitative approach just to firm up and confirm earlier results that i initially had from initial market researches but i focus more on the qualitative because most of the time no matter how much information you've had previously you must understand that customers are people that are continuously evolving their tastes and preferences continue to change all the time so it is very important to kind of meet them talk to them see where their head is at you know understand what changes there are with their tastes and preferences why there have been these changes why they prefer products of this nature or services of this nature better than others so for me i always say that the qualitative approaches are always the best <laughs> yes i know even though yes i understand i see a lot of people and i have a lot of colleagues who who prefer to use a quantitative approach where you see them running surveys online using polls and all that to you know find exactly what people think about setting ideas they are trying to pioneer within a particular industry or for a particular business i normally prefer to use the qualitative approach because for me it's very important to understand the psyche behind why people do the things they do so i'd want to go into the minds of the customers and the consumers to try and find out why do you actually want to use this product or this service what frustrates you about the product really and why does it frustrate you because for me you know it's one thing for someone to tell you oh i i like this i do not like this but to know exactly why they like it or not helps you pivot your product and iterate the product or service in a way that makes it very much appealing to them now should you decide to use a quantitative approach and its tools take this from me right keep your questions very short yes if you go with long questions trust me nobody is going to answer and when you even get them to answer you are likely to have what we call respondent biases where they kind of just tick 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 they're not actually even reading the questions you get it i've come to realize that by the first 10 15 questions people are tired so whatever they are going to respond to after that is total rubbish so always keep your questions short another reason why it's important to keep your questions short is that nobody has time for your business always keep that in mind so go with the mentality that look i'm just entering and coming out real quick short brief and also use possible answers for quantitative approaches so just give them a b c let them choose now in doing the ABC thing to please, please, do not give specifics. I've come to realize that especially Ghanaian consumers and customers, yo, those guys are stingy with information and I don't know the reason but I kind of find it very weird that it's very difficult to have a Ghanaian customer or consumer giving you maybe their salary monthly salaries they would rather prefer to give you a range so in asking somebody a question like oh how much do you earn monthly i would advise you to instead of using maybe two thousand three thousand please just do it one thousand to two thousand eight b four thousand to five thousand give them ranges people are more comfortable doing like giving you answers when they are in ranges so please 
Keep that in mind. Now, should you also decide to use the qualitative approach, which is my favorite approach, these are the things you should always look out for. Now, you are likely to have a situation where your participants would develop a syndrome that we call the groupthink syndrome. <laughs> yes, where most of them would practically, you know that whole situation where you ask someone the question and he gives you an answer. Then you ask the next person, it's like, I agree with what the other person said. Even if they tell you that they agree, let them say exactly what they agree to. Another thing you should also be worried about is deviation. Where people, you know, you ask the question and they, in answering the question, you realize that, look, they are all over the place saying so many things. Immediately, you begin to sense that politely tell the person, well, we need to get back on track or explain again exactly what kind of answers you want so that you kind of keep the deliberations in line so that you are able to get the kind of information that you need. These are the three things that I would always advise you to look out for when you're using the qualitative approach. Another question I received from you guys was how to make sure that you derive the utmost benefit out of the information that you have gathered through your primary market research. Now this has to do with how you analyze the information that you got from your primary market research. From my experience, it can be very very overwhelming when dealing with data analysis, especially when it comes to primary market research. The reason being that you've gone out to collect so much information and normally when we are doing primary market research, we are kind of looking at a sizable amount of people and imagine, especially for maybe the qualitative approach to have to listen to so many voices transcribe these voices try to work out and find errors in the data then you go on to analyzing them it's very very tedious and can sometimes get very overwhelming so my advice always is for you to always have a framework that you use to analyze your data now you must understand that the data you have is only as good as how you analyze it. So it depends on how you do your analysis and if you get the analysis right, you are likely to have very good information that will help you design the strategy that you want to design. The models that are available to you, there we have the hacks model, we have the pestle, we have the SWOT analysis. You could also decide to use a normal business canvas to serve as a guide or a framework for your analysis. I promise to take each of these models in later episodes and discuss them thoroughly and I'll share with you when to use each of the models, what kind of information you are likely to get by using each of the models, whether you should combine some models and I normally sometimes combine a few of the models when doing my market research. So we are going to end today's episode on this note and we've been treating problem identification from the customer's viewpoint. I've spoken about doing primary market research and provided some insights on what to do, what not to do, some approaches that work for me and why they work for me. I've given you a few hacks <laughs> to get the primary market research right and I'm hoping that you can apply these to your respective businesses i'll be standing by for comments for suggestions for questions i really enjoyed having your questions sent in after the last episode so i'll see you in the next episode bye
Thank you for listening to another episode of Restrategize by Kuju Kedem. We hope you enjoyed it and we are looking forward to your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more practical strategy tips and watch ours for the next episode. See you again. Bye.